Why, hello. Graham Norton here. Thank you for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. This weekend is a good one coming up. Russell Tovey and Robert Diamond regale us with tales from their brand new book, Talk Art, The Interviews. Sam Ryder passes on his Eurovision wisdom and teases his new single, Mountains. <gasps> May Muller wrote a song and will be singing it as this year's UK Eurovision contestant. So she's getting us hyped up for next weekend as well. Show chef Martha celebrates the king's coronation with a whole feast of treats. And we play another round of rock royalty. Let's get that wheel spinning. But before all of that, Maria and I have some dilemmas to deliberate in Graham's Guide. Here she is to kick us off. Yeah, talking to the microphone. It's yeah, the radio. I was just having to move it. I forgot that. I, I wondered why there was nothing in between me and you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, this is like a normal, normal conversation. It's not like we're on the radio. That's because we weren't. Uh, how are you? Oh, Graham, I'm all right. But it's been touch and go this week. Oh, no. I've been lopping. Lopping? Yes. Do you know what loppers are? Oh, off limbs. Limbs off trees. Yes. Well done, lopping limbs. Thank you. A giant lopper. Why am I doing this? Do you know, I'm 65 years old, I think. Oh, no wonder I hit a wall in the afternoon where there's no energy left in the tank. Yeah, I did that this week. Did you? I cycled everywhere this week. I did more cycling this week than some delivery... Like, Deliveroo yeah, yeah. cyclists did less miles but than me. But they also have electric bikes. So. And also, they're 10 years old. Um, which is good <laughs> that they... That would be illegal. That would be slave labour. <laughs> I don't know. There are a few newspapers in the back. Um, <laughs> I cycled so much, and now my little legs. But I bet though your quads are bulging. Mostly they're Sounds creaking. A bit rude they're creaking. That, my it? quads are creaking. Quads, the muscles on the top of your legs. Is that where they are? Well, you know, knees above your knees. That's quads. Yeah. And behind. Okay. I think, yeah. All right, doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I did used to teach aerobics. I did study the body. Of course. Glutes. Yes. Glutes. You yes. have very tight glutes. The leg as well. warmer must cling to the calf muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Gluteus maximus, bottom. Bottom, that's it. Very, yeah. very strong point. But do you know what I did? I went up a ladder. Here's Ooh. the... Can you just hum the theme tune to Casualty? Because <laughs> I went no, up a... were you alone? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, for God's I sake. I know. I went up a ladder and I thought, I'll just lock that. And then I just thought, oh, my goodness, that's quite a heavy branch. <laughs> but never mind. Get the loppers on it. And I got the loppers on it. And, of course, the branch came down and crashed into the ladder... And then the ladder fell over. Oh, no. And then Maria did tumble to the ground. <laughs> and what, hit her head? We did tumble onto the grass, but it was soft. <laughs> oh, ow, but not so owie. Um, <laughs> but it could have been. It could have been... What's that? Theme tune to Casualty. Oh, yeah. Is it? <laughs> I don't think you should shazam it, but uh, OK, <laughs> we'll, we'll take your word for it. Um, and uh, then what I did, no. When but, I... but also it wins you and it shocks you. And also you must have like, lain on the grass thinking, I'm an idiot. I lay on the grass slightly laughing, thinking, well, you got away with that again. Um, but no more up ladders without anybody there. So I, now I'm, I, the boys upstairs, I make them hold the ladder. Yes, correct. I wear a very short skirt. No, I don't. <laughs> Okay, they wouldn't be interested. But also then I, I watched a video on YouTube, Graham, where you can make little sort of stepping stones, this is. For, <laughs> sounds so naff. Stepping stones out of concrete. So I got some concrete, but it had too much aggregate in, which oh. is the sort of shingly stuff. So I made these little stepping stones and they waited for them to dry and then I painted them. I had some spare purple paint. Oh, my God. And now they just look like chocolate chip cookies at the best times or a massive cow pad. <laughs> 
in a line. That's <laughs> in brown pants. I put a picture on the Twitter sphere, and I think, yeah, how Pat is winning like so I feel like someone far. needs to do an intervention. At some point, you could just go, the garden is fine. No, but that's the thing. Adrian Charles wrote a piece about the garden, getting on top of the garden, and you think, ah, sit back in your rocking chair and enjoy the garden. But then things keep growing. Yeah, but there's no reason to have big purple cow pats ruining the whole thing. You did that. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Nature didn't do it. Nature had <laughs> nothing to do with that. I know, but that was as a sort of edging border. It edges the bark <laughs> border. I know. It, um, and I get obsessed. And also I do keep going, keep going, keep going, keep lopping, drag the branches across the garden, chop those up later. And then I think, oh, I'm so old, I have to just admit myself to hospital. I'll throw myself on a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll never have to do any gardening again. Yeah. Oh, but these boughs are so... Ooh. I moved house because I wanted a garden, and now look at me. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, right, listen, well, have a rest. Oh, have thanks. A, have a rest and gather your thoughts. Virgin Radio. Radio <laughs> Smooth. All on it. Smooth, baby. You're listening to Virgin I've Radio. A, I've got a letter, and I got won't. a letter. I got a letter. I got to read it. <laughs> You gotta let me. <clears throat> Dear Graham and Maria, I have been single since 2017 and I'm fatigued by going everywhere alone. My first good friend got married this weekend and to bear witness to two people so deeply in love and suited to each other getting married felt literally magic. Okay, I feel no envy or jealousy for them, but the whole event felt like the universe was screaming directly at me. Look what you don't have. I had to drive to the wedding alone, drive home alone and had no plus one. Most people were in couples. I am renowned for being able to make friends everywhere I go, but I am tired. I have too many friends, I know too many people, and I'm sick of forcing myself into groups so that I'm not alone at events. I cried the whole day after the wedding because I can't remember what it feels like not to have to do everything alone. I like my own company and I never let being single stop me from doing what I want to do. And I put myself out there. I gave my number to a guy I met at a dinner party last week and I have brilliant friends and family. I'm simply fatigued, in a rut and at a loss for what to do. I don't want to miss out on events, but at the same time, I'm not sure how many more times I can go to a wedding, birthday or event alone before I completely crumple into a heap. What should I do? P.S. I just turned 30, so lots of parties for other people's life events are coming at me. <laughs> and that is from Bree in Melbourne. Well, Bree in Melbourne, you, thank you very much for writing to us from Australia. You have got yourself into a right to an eight here, Bree, in Melbourne. What's happening is you have, in the last six years, gradually and without question, got yourself into a I hate being single, you know, so much so that it's really stopping you living your life by the sounds of it if you're bursting into tears and you're not jealous of your best friends at all and yet you cried all the following day after their wedding um you know you've you've made it the focal point in your life and I think what happens when you do that is you sort of wear an invisible t-shirt that says single and desperate and that means that anybody you do meet you're sort of grabbing metaphorically clutching at their legs saying please don't leave please don't leave you either, Brie in Melbourne, you either just get on living your life and enjoying your life. You've made being single the focus and 
instead of thinking what you haven't got, take joy in all the things you have got, Brie. You've got friends, you've got a big social life, you're very good at making friends, you're very good at talking to people. You know, so enjoy that without crying. Or you absolutely go for this partner thing if that's what you want and you join every dating site and as friends that I know who have been on dating sites and apps, etc., etc., it's a numbers game. You've got to put in the time on this and you'll f hopefully find somebody who is right for you. But I think, you know, you're focusing so much on this that it's not going to work. And also, please watch Jewish Matchmakers on Netflix and that's how find out how not to do it. <laughs> okay, I haven't, so I haven't watched that. Oh, my oh, goodness, yeah. it's so brilliant. But they're also sort of, you know, self-absorbed. That is the problem with, I mean, Brie, I don't well, no, mean to I, say. No, but I think the great thing about Brie is Brie's written this letter. And good on you, Brie, you've written this letter, you've vented. Now, now you've written this letter, never say these things aloud again. You know, just, you've said it to us, you've got it out of your system, because uh, Brie is absolutely right. There's nothing less attractive than this energy because you know what you're describing who wants to be part of that yeah you know you know it just you need to make you seem like a good thing to hitch your wagon to exactly so go oh yeah hanging out with brie will be fun not oh she seems a bit yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. always wanging on about being single <laughs> yeah. i mean it is that thing i mean you know brie because you've got lots of friends and you make friends easily etc etc you fake it till you make it and desperation is not appealing but joy of life and yes. enthusiasm for life is incredibly appealing even if you're not feeling it and you go home and you cry just, you have to do that. And before you know where you are, you are enjoying it, yourself. Yes. And also, Brie, I would say, you know, we you've written us this letter. We get so many letters from people who struggle to make friends. People who are just lonely yeah. in life. You know, they, they are not even thinking about a partner. Brie is lucky indeed. Yeah, they're just thinking, oh, my life is very solitary. I can't do. So do, I mean, I, I know it's so kind of cliche to say count your blessings, but seriously, look at your life. It's not that bad. There's one bit that you think is missing, but actually there should be nothing missing and that partner should be an add-on. That should be, a, you know... A, Not your raison d'etre. Yes, the, the part should think, be butter on bacon. But I think, yes, butter on bacon is good. I think she has uh, made it so uh, such an obsession in her life that it's feeding itself. So, you know, crying after a wedding, etc. You're just feeding this need. And if that is the case, then go hell for leather, Brie, in finding a partner. I think you'll find... Maybe it's you. You do well on your own. You travel well alone, by the yeah. sounds of it. You know, start with some hookups. Maybe you're, you're not going to find the one yeah. in. And the bottom line is, Brie, enjoy the life you are living, rather than ruining the life. You the life you, don't destroy the life you are living, mourning this life you don't have. So, and then the other person will come along. The responses, part one, and my favourite responder today will be getting a Waitrose. The King's Coronation Jewel the Jack Russell cake. <laughs> I, I like the elevation and then the, oh, it's a, it's a dog. It's a long dog in a cake form. It's chocolate sponge, isn't it? Rolled with chocolate-flavoured buttercream covered in milk chocolate and hand-finished with sugar paste and sugar decorations. That's the face. It's got a face, a little doggy face shoved on the front of it. Lovely. Carmen, just in the southwest. Just leaving it there. She's on the run from the police. Uh, she's just in the southwest. Brie, 
Have you ever considered going on Married on First Sight Australia? Oh, Bri, I hope maybe someone will take your problem seriously. But uh, I don't think Carmen has. It sound, to me, it sounds like you are in the position to have nothing to lose and that you would be willing to go through the trials and tribulations of the matching process. Well, if we see a Brie on Married on First Sight Australia, we'll know what happened. Uh, Paul's in West Sussex. Brie needs to remember that happiness isn't having what you want, but wanting what you have. Well, pop that on a tea towel and smoke it. Very good. You have loads going on for you, and at 30, you have plenty of time to meet someone great. Focus on the good things and enjoy the life you have. Well said, Paul. Uh, Nikki is celebrating her 50th birthday. Happy birthday, Nikki. But has found time during these birthday celebrations to write. Think of all the people at that wedding who are stuck with partners they couldn't stand and would love to be single like you. I mean, that is true. How many of your friends, Brie, do you think, oh, I wish I was in that relationship? I always think that's a thing. There's a few, you know, with your friends, there's always a few where you kind of think, oh, that seems really happy and they seem really nice. Most friends, you kind of think, oh, I wouldn't like that. Thank you very much. Uh, Rod and Swindon. Brie, you are 30. Round numbers have an impact sometimes. Keep doing all the lovely things you do and take advice from them that they, from them that know about finding love. But also buy a little book and write in it three things each day you are grateful for every day. It will shift your focus in life. You will feel different and give off different vibes. It works. Rod and Swindon. You know, that is a bit, it's a bit hippie juice for me, but I'm going to give the lovely uh, Waitrose, the King's Coronation, Jewel, the Jack Russell cake to Rod in Swindon. Because I think you're right. There is something about being 30 or any round number that makes you kind of you feel you're sort of forced to look inward and examine your life. So, uh, good advice there for Brie in Melbourne. Graham's Guide. Um, I've got another problem. Oh, yes. A little bit silly. Oh, I'll share it with us. <laughs> I mustn't be unpleasant. Dear Graham and Maria, I have two lovely friends who come and stay with me for the odd weekend. I love their company and I love spending time with them. The only problem is, is that one of them wears a hippie juice patchouli oil <laughs> perfume. <laughs> I really hate the smell which lingers in my house and on the spare bedroom bed sheets. How do I tactfully tell her not to wear it when she comes and stays? And that's from Lily in Stockton on Tees. Lily of the Valley, in fact, in Stockton on Tees. It's a lovely smell. Lily of the Valley. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Susie. I was thinking Stockton on Tees. Is it famously in a valley? No. What you Lily do? of the Valley. Oh, yes. It's a smell yes, yes. she doesn't like. Oh. Ex-Conus Vasa, 4711. I'm wasted here. That's very good. Um, so, Lily, um, this is... First of all, they leave a ling- the patchouli oil leaves a lingering smell on hippie your... Hippie juice. I love that. Yeah, I like hippie it's juice. A, it's up there with bin juice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> lingering smell and the spare bedroom bed sheets. They do come quite often, but is anybody else coming in between? Because I'm going to suggest, Lily of the Valley and Stockton on Tees, that you wash those spare bedroom sheets... And then they won't smell. They the no, smell. No, the thing is, now here's the thing. It's oil. It's not a normal perfume. It's oil. I remember it. I mean, you know, it is hippie juice. I remember it from uh, my grandmother wearing it in the <laughs> 70s. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. And it is, it's very potent and very pungent. I think the only thing you can do, Lily, is you can say, oh, would you mind awfully... 
you know, I, this sounds crazy, but, you know, it just lingers and it, I'm allergic to it. I'm yes, allergic. I, I would come up with allergies. I yeah. would say, you know what? I wonder why I always get a headache when you're here. It's because uh, <laughs> you keep wanging on, on that hippie nonsense so and wearing that stuff. Yeah, but uh, I think it might be the patchouli oil because mm. it's very, it's, that's it's good, very strong. That's a good thing for an allergy. Yeah. The problem is if she doesn't wear it, he or she doesn't wear it when they come to see you, it'll be on their clothes because they always wear it, clearly. And, you know, people don't wash their jeans and But it jackets. won't be as bad. It won't be as bad. And when they're rolling around the sheets, they won't be wearing a jumper. <laughs> Ooh, stop now. <laughs> Thinking of hippies rolling around in sheets now. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> sleeping bags, one thing, but really. <laughs> yes, put them in sleeping bags. <laughs> they love, love that. Yeah, your yeah. hippies, you'll love this. <laughs> yeah. And I you thought it's in the garden. <laughs> yeah, pop, pop in the garden. Hooray! And we solved this problem oh. easily. I, well, the other thing you could do, Lily, in Stockton on Tees, is you could offer her, him, uh, an alternative uh, perfume so that you say, I'm allergic to that a smell. So you're softening the blow. It's called a poo sandwich, I think, is it? You say something nice and then you say something horrible and then you say something nice again. Yes. I'm allergic to that and, but look, I've offered you this and I love you and please don't stop coming just because I hate your perfume. Yeah, just because I think you stink. Yeah, you yeah. stink. <laughs> you and, stink, you do. And no one has, <laughs> you do, you stink. And no one... <laughs> no, you stink. No, <laughs> you stink more. No one has worn that perfume since 1979 and it's really time for something else. You don't want to be defined by a smell, Graham. Well, you you are, sadly, you are. But that's a health issue. I, I, I like that phrase. You don't want to be defined by a smell. That goes for you too, Brie, in Melbourne. <laughs> the whiff of desperation. <laughs> uh, <coughs> oh, Lily from Dr. Nantes. I Yes, just uh, buy the nice eau de cologne. Yes, buy her something nice. Or him. Or him. We don't know who it is who's wearing we the Julia. But also, uh, maybe leave an uh, sort of anonymous letter on their pillow. The responses are part two. And my favourite responder will be getting that delicious Waitrose the King's Coronation Jewel the Jack Russell cake. It's a big long cake with a dog face on it. There you go. Lovely. It's in a box. Darren's in Cambridge. Suck it up. Oh, don't do that. If you like them that much, you can deal with how they smell. And also, it's not like... It is an actual smell that people do, you know, some people like it. I mean, they're wearing it willingly. It's not like, you know, they've got some sort of chemical, <laughs> there's a chemical spill in the bedroom and they come. Why don't you invent, oh no, Katie and Devon. I can't believe someone's taking this problem seriously, but Katie Devon has. Why don't you invest in a set of sheets you don't care a thing about and use those soft furnishings when they're staying over? Or only invite them around in the summer when you can only use the garden furniture. Well, Katie and Devon, I can only thank you uh, for taking this problem seriously. Well done, you. Jess and Frank. Oh, two minds are better than one. They're in Wimbledon. Together, they've come up with. Tell them that you're doing some expensive allergy testing and the patchouli is on the list of things you need to avoid. Marvellous. They normally take a long time to do tests, so hopefully... Uh, so hopefully, so keep using it as your reason. And by the time the tests are over, they'll be in the habit of not wearing it near you anyway. Oh, I see. So you don't say you are allergic to it. You're saying it's one of the things you have to avoid so that the allergy tests will work. That is smart. Uh, but for, I, for some reason, I'm going to give the King's Coronation Jewel of the Jack Russell cake to Katie and Devon for her simple buy some cheap sheets you don't care about advice. There. 
There you go. That's it. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Time to be my guest today. Uh, Talk Art is the podcast. Uh, Talk Art, the interviews, is the new book. Russell Toby and Robert Diamond are here now. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi. Uh, so this is, this is kind of the meat of the podcast. You've lifted the interviews. and uh, How much... Uh, I mean, because how many you've done? It's five years of podcast, so it's a lot of interviews. We've done over 300 interviews. We're just about to hit 6 million downloads. We started in 2018. Thank you very much. Well, for an art podcast, it's pretty for any podcast. Of. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> so this is 24 of our favourite, most compelling, most kind of humorous, profound interviews that we've had out of the 300, which was quite hard to whittle down, right, Rob? I, I was going to say, so did you fight, Rob? Did you, where, where there was, no, I want because I asked that really interesting question in that one so <laughs> i look good in this one yeah. we um we we had to really think about getting different voices heard and i think we've we've got a selection of very well-known people like elton john tracy emin kind of like superstars who kind of act as a conduit for people to like pick up the book maybe and then we've also got a whole emerging kind of scene of artists that people might never have heard of and for some of them it's the first time they've ever been published in a book so we, we've got over 110 images full color and it's a softback so it feels really approachable as well yeah i must say the the images are gorgeous and the the, the 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 art you've managed to get into the book is is really lovely um the is it easier or i don't know where where do you stand on is it more interesting for you to interview an artist or is it more interesting to talk to a collector because you know that's the kind of the world you inhabit i think for us there's no hierarchy on the show it's just about art is for everyone it's about connecting as many people as possible to art so th- we would talk to a superstar but hoping you know if you talk to pierce brosnan people are come for james bond and then they'll stick around for oliver hemsley who's an emerging artist we want people to come from all different directions to discover art and know that it's for them and the more varied guests you have the more opportunity you have to connect on that level yeah and also i think art is about storytelling and about documenting kind of humanity and where we are in the world right now and often if you want to find out about politics or social kind of change the place to go is actually art yeah and um, we really want to encourage people to understand that they can get in free to museums around the country like art is open for them and the artists want to share their story and also you can sort of learn about yourself through looking at art and sort of work out your own traumas maybe loves passions all kinds of things like it's all a range of emotions and in terms of the the range of people i mean some of the ones that i thought were really like Laurie Anderson is really interesting because she's yes. kind of she's kind of both she's you know she's a creative artist and she's a collector or uh, who's the other one I noticed at the end well she was like friends with Andy Warhol you know so she's like yeah. a hand holding to that pop culture moment in history which yeah. changed the world yeah, yeah. Oh, and Paul Smith was the other one I was thinking he's another one who's yes he's he's a collector and he's a creator. Yeah, I mean, Paul's chapter is one of my favourites. We loved meeting him at his headquarters in London because there was, it was like going to the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition. Yeah. It was just like rammed with art and photographs and doodles and drawings. And also he has a huge collection of objects and um, fan mail that people have like sent him over the years. So people rabbit. have like sent him rabbits and bikes <laughs> and drawings and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> He's so passionate. I, I just love his enthusiasm yeah. and passion. I, I feel Russell's less enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I love Paul Smith. Paul Smith, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Stupid rabbit. <laughs> and uh, not to, to... I don't want to go into kind of like best, get, worst guess or whatever. Who was the guest who surprised you the most, who took you to places you weren't expecting them to take you well, to? Well, we loved you when you interviewed us for the first <laughs> one. Yeah, you surprised yeah, yeah. us and you took us to incredible places. Turned the tables on us. So that was very generous of you because there is 
an interview on there, people are listening, where you interviewed us for the first book, yeah, yeah. which yeah, was yeah, very yeah, generous. Yeah. Well, but, but also, re- I found it really interesting because I like art, but I don't have... I, what I said to you in that interview, so I think what's really great is you found the vocabulary. Like, I can't talk about it. I can just go, I like that. Mm. But uh, that's the end of my, you know... My lexicon of, of yeah, yeah, things, yeah. But that's whereas why you, we you guys, but you guys have now got it. Did you learn on the job? Are you yes. better at it now? Yes, I think so. But we started because you know all we hear on art is this very kind of heavy, earnest, kind of quite hushed way of talking about art and we love it it's so much fun and everybody that's come along with us suddenly goes to museums and they have fun and it's entertainment and you've just got to see that that these are stories that artists are telling that they want you to connect to and it is for you and for so long we felt shut out imposter syndrome and i mean me and rob i used to go into galleries walk in and sort of apologize for being there go around as quick as possible and leave and just sort of go (laughs) bye sorry about that sorry i'm here and that's like that's what so many people do because there's this fortress built around art that makes you feel like it's not for you but the artists themselves want you there and you've just got to yeah. realise that I think for me one of the most surprising episodes we did was Sharon Stone mm. the basic instinct a- a- actor and um, she actually makes her own <laughs> well like, done uh, she, oh, yeah, she's still about to shake it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's such an iconic film I actually watched it the other week and I still think it stands up as like she's incredible in it mm. and really nuanced actually and quite, really scary um, but I, I love her and she actually makes art herself and she was incredibly like political and really outspoken and passionate and the weirdest thing was Sharon Stone loves Margate Kent like she's been like she's five been, times or something and she wants to come this summer Sharon's to like see us it's the most surreal thing and we never even met her really well Russ had met her once but it's really funny like things like that that's huh? the things you're saying about what's surprising yes. I mean, like we got we got Pierce Brosnan in there and what's surprising is that James Bond makes art yeah and he's made painting and throughout his whole career he started as an artist and he's had an artist studio alongside his acting studio so he'd be doing a James Bond stunt and then while they're setting up for the next scene, he'd be next door painting. And that's been his whole journey. And he came to art because he had some trauma in his life and he found paint and he found colour. And that's what he discovered. But so many people didn't know that about him. And he's in the book and on a podcast. And them yeah. moments of uh, discovery are so exciting because for us, we feel like we're this conduit to discovery. And every single guest is profound. We feel like we've done them all, but you haven't. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So obviously, I think, you know, when, when in this started it was your passion project it was the thing yeah, you love to do it was for us but now it's this huge <laughs> thing it's you know six million downloads two books you create exhibitions so is there a kind of a level of production now where are are people coming to you and going to go, well, you could have this person, this person, this they, person? They do, but we still do it all ourselves. And actually, we call each other daily and text each other every five minutes about what we could be Russell, doing. Russell's rolling his eyes, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, no, he not, does. Yeah, yeah, every like, day. <laughs> we have someone called Emma now who helps us to edit the actual show itself because yeah. that was becoming really overwhelming. But generally, we want it to stay what it is, which is our, yeah. our friendship, really. Yeah. And um, and it's been amazing. Like Even uh, this week, we went to Tracy M in studio and did an Instagram Live on our at Talker on Instagram. Instagram and she spoke to us for like half an hour all about her new paintings and and getting to meet people like Tracy who've become really great friends of ours um her generosity is just knows no bounds she's so generous and so um inspiring That's how we met she introduced yeah. us oh, yeah. Wow. yeah 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 and yeah. very quickly I just thought I just, when you said editing I wanted to say did you when you were doing these interviews were, were you just going there they are 
Or did you go, well, maybe I could say that question a bit better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> make ourselves sound better. Well, no, they have they have been edited because, you know, each interview we do is over an hour long most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. So you can't have, if we had 24 hours worth of the full interview in the book, it would be like an encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. So no, we've edited it down to the most interesting, succinct Yeah, they're kind of more concise, but they do also include all of our wows and, ooh, there's a lot oh, of my wow. gosh, a lot our of enthusiasms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, golly, oh, there's the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying there are you can get signed copies. Yeah, we were uh, in the warehouse the other day and we signed a thousand copies for Waterstones, which are available now for pre-order. So please go to Waterstones and get a copy. I think they're nearly gone, right, Rob? Yeah, I think there's like a hundred or so left. So you so need to please. Oh, quick. Quick, yes. quick, 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 quick. Buy now to avoid disappointment. <laughs> and if you want to see the boys in an action, you are doing it live on Friday? Yes, we're actually going to be at the Dulwich Picture Gallery um, in London and um, we're meeting Emma Dabry, the amazing writer. She wrote Don't Touch My Hair and uh, What White People Can Do Next. Amazing, amazing books. And she's originally from Ireland as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and she lives in Margate and she's, she's, she's one of my favourite writers. Yeah. So yeah. we're really excited that she's um, agreed to meet I mean, us. if anyone's doing a drinking game uh, with the word Margate as a trigger... <laughs> They're very drunk right now. Right they now. would be very, very, yeah, very yeah. drunk. They, they, they can't drive a car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, does she live in Margate? Yeah, yeah, she recently oh. moved. There's oh. so many people moving. We love Margate. Um, yeah. No, you're down yeah, there too, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How long have you been down there? Well, we've got a place down there for two years. We've had oh, yeah. renovating it and now it's ready, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Wow. I think this Come summer down. is going to yeah, be yeah. the summer, summer And your galleries down there? Yeah, Carl Friedman Gallery and also our print business, Counter Editions. So we actually make prints now on site and... Uh, our neighbour is Tracy Emin, so um, I live at the end of the road, and we're all like sort of family now. And she crew. cooks me dinner yeah. regularly, and we've all become. You look like, after our cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Got anything you want us to sell, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> we love her. Um, and now, but you haven't given up acting. No way. No way. No. No. Uh, so uh, let's talk about some things people can see you in. There's a live version of Derek Jarman's Blue or yes. Blue Now. Yes. Uh, so these are kind of immersive performances. It's more like a, a happening, a gig. So the last film that Derek Jarman made was Blue in 93 when he was going blind from AIDS and he died in 94, sadly. And it's a static blue scream of a voiceover and it's all excerpts from his diary and like Tilda Swinton was on it and it's it was his life and basically summing up the rhetoric of the time. And we're now doing it live. There's five performers and we're taking it to Brighton as part of Brighton Festival this Sunday. Then we're at the Turner Contemporary in Clang, Margate. And then we're in <laughs> Manchester. And then we're at the Tate Modern. It's one night only at each venue. And it's... And, w- and what, if you go, what, yeah. uh, will we see you? Or do yeah, we you hear see you? us, but there's this massive static blue screen. And it, it's like a meditation. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. It's, it is immersive, as you said. And it's, it's incredibly powerful and moving. And you're going to go in and out of focus and ebbs and flows. But it's a really emotional, important work. And I feel incredibly proud privilege to be bringing it and we transfer our producing that and supporting that yeah. and fuel theatre it's been a whole thing that I've been able to sort of go to them and go this is what I really want to do and they've gone yeah let's do it and I love the world of acting so you can do that yeah. you can do this kind of like incredibly sort of deep passionate thing and then you're in love again with Celine Dion yes of course <laughs> but that's deep and passionate <laughs> yeah no that, that was we I shot that movie in lockdown never met Celine obviously oh, nobody no I know still haven't met her but I know she's uh, pre-ordered um, talk up from Walter <laughs> but uh, she, <laughs> she's moving to Margate she is moving she's coming with Sharon Stone <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, she said, no, she was in Las Vegas doing her stuff there and we shot the film and now it's out and it's um, lovely. Priyanka Chopra and Sam Hewen and it's a rom-com and it's very fun. I think it looks really brilliant. I'm actually going to go and see it tonight and I, I think rom-coms, I mean, you've got to love them. And also, someone who actually does have the book right now is Madonna and she followed us a few weeks yeah. ago. Russ met her in LA and she actually she's the only person right now with our book, aside from Tracy Emin. They're the two people who have it. Oh, what do you so, mean? Madonna, oh, Russell, this book? Yeah, yeah, we yeah our new talk up book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> You're the third you, person. Madonna and Tracy Emin. It's the Holy Trinity. It's the Holy Trinity. Um, Madonna, Graham yeah. and Tracy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, yes. Madonna is a big art collector. I mean, Huge. And she doesn't really get the credit for it. And I met her at a party and I was talking to someone about, they said, how do I, what should I be buying, Russell? What should I be collecting? And I said, collect emerging. That's our big thing is about supporting emerging artists because you can be there at this really crucial moment in their career and change their lives, basically, with your encouragement and using your social media. Yeah. And she was next to me and she sort of lent in and she went, you know, I collect art. And I went, yeah, I know you collect art, Madonna, and you made everyone take notice of Frida Kahlo, Tapara Limpinka, you were best friends with Keith Herring, you dated Jean-Michel Basquiat. And she was like, well, yes, I did. And I thought, I've got Dragon's Den, I've got a now this in two minutes. And I went for it and I said, you don't get enough credit for that, Madonna. She's like, I don't. And then I was like, and I was like, you should follow Talkart and we should, we should get you on. She went, okay. And the next day, Rob calls me and goes, Madonna's following Talkart. I said, what? And he come up and alerts and she follows up 510 people and one of them is Talkart. It was, was so like, funny. I was works. actually on Instagram as she pressed follow. So I was like looking at it and I was like, what? Madonna's yeah. following wow. Talkart? So she's got the books now and hopefully at some point she'll come on because I think that would be an incredible episode because people don't know that side of her. Like Piers Brosnan in the book, yeah. people don't know that side of him. It's a real opportunity for people to show something that people don't know. And also, and look, yeah. Oh, I was just going to very quickly because the last one I listened to, uh, you know, wasn't the sorriest person, but I loved it was Dwayne Michaels. Oh, yeah. yes! And I've loved Dwayne Michaels for so, since the 80s. I remember discovering him when I was in San Francisco in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, I presumed he was dead. Yeah. Well, he's and, 96. And he's an ad for being 96, isn't he? Yeah. Incredible. So on it. Yeah. yeah. Still interested, still... More energy yeah. than all of us put together. Yeah. Incredible. And yeah. since, like, 2018 or something, he's made 50 films. So he's like the most productive kind of 96-year-old you've ever met in your life. He's he's incredible. That's a really good episode, actually. Yeah, no, I was so happy to hear, because I did think, when I realised how old he was, I thought, oh, oh. The, oh do I really want to hear this? Yeah. It's been quite depressing. I know, it was a joyous thing. <laughs> it was just Joyful. great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Talk Art is the podcast. It is worth a listen. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And the new book, and mind you, you could check out the first book, the introduction to kind of contemporary art and collective. But this is Talk Art, the interviews. And it is available to buy from the 11th, 7th of May. Well, from now to pre-order, but in of course. person. From yeah, but I mean, yes. really, already that's sold out. I oh, mean, true. you know, that was minutes ago. That was minutes ago. It's we gone, said there was 100 left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's done. That's done. <laughs> the signed copies, yeah, but there's uh, definitely other copies. <laughs> lovely to see you, boys. Thank Cheers, you very much. You too, see you. Stay right there. We'll have more Eurovision hype with this year's UK entrant, May Muller. And we'll have another spin of the prize wheel in a game of rock royalty. Happy coronation to you. Why, thank you. Happy coronation to you, too. Yeah, coronation of the nation. Uh, so, are we doing more coronation tomorrow? <laughs> We're doing coronation slash bank holiday tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. Okay, yes. Appropriate for all. Okay. Uh, now, I, I, one drink would have done, but you, <laughs> you've you made quite a few. Well. Uh, gin and tonic pepper. There's a lady, where is she? I can't remember. Somerset. There's a lady in Somerset who can't wait to hear this. She's running out to the shops <gasps> the second we tell her what's in that cocktail. Uh, so should we, should we delay? What should we do? Should we do scones first? Let's, yeah, let's do scones first. Yeah, let's then... be sensible. Let's have a little bit of soakage. <laughs> a bit of soakage on our stomach and then we'll go full cocktail. Nice. Okay. 
munching on the scones. These are my, the best scone recipe. So I did my thing where I tested out loads of different scones to see how you get that lovely rise, the flaky kind of good scone. Because some scones are like rocks. <laughs> Have you ever had mm-hmm. a, a bad scone? It's like weighty and it's dry and nobody wants that. So came up with a few top tips. Do you want me to do a full recipe now as well? Or are we going to wait until you've eaten it? Why don't we do the scone recipe now? Then I'll eat that and then we'll get to... Oh dear, have you had a gin, <laughs> co- have you, have you, have you had a, a gin cocktail already? <laughs> I can assure you I haven't. <laughs> uh, let's do the scone recipe now and then we'll play record and then we'll get to the, uh, the gin and tonic peppermint cocktail. Perfect. Okay. So this is a classic scone recipe. Classic. So Classics. There's not many ingredients, which is good because it means if you're thinking I wanted to make something for my coronation, but it's it's happening now and I don't know what to make. <laughs> yeah. This is a good one. So you want to take self-raising flour, stick it into a bowl and then cut up cold butter. Put that into the bowl and rub it in until you get this mixture looks a bit like breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. We're then going to stir in the sugar and you put the sugar in after because we put it in the beginning. It can get a little bit tough. So that just gets mixed in just a little bit of sugar. Then milk goes in, stir it with a knife until it ends up like a dough and we use a knife because a spoon can again overwork that dough and the secret to a great scone that's not tough is as little handling as possible i hope i hope a nation appreciates (laughs) the wise words they are hearing today that's so good so you do if you do it with a spoon it becomes a bit tough and gnarly yeah it's just very easy to get carried away when you've got a wooden spoon in your hand and people just go and go and go but a a butter knife it's quite it's quite difficult to mix so it it keeps you in check as you said it i was thinking (laughs) that sounds really hard to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's why. Yeah, it kind of cuts it in and it's much easier to get the dough off as well rather than in the little bit of the spoon. Then we're rolling out the scone dough to about three centimetres thick. Take a round cutter, dip it in a little bit of flour to stop it sticking. Mm-hmm. And then the second top tip to making the best scones is when you're pressing the cutter into the dough, don't do the twisty, twisty thing. Lots of people put the cutter in, twist it round and round to get it out, but it kind of roughs up the edges and it stops it rising as well in the oven. So you just want to go down, up, put it on a baking tray. I mean, the things we're learning today. We've got it all. Done a lot of research. There'll never be a bad scone again. Uh, And then, so we pop it in the, the, put it on the baking tray. Then you shove it in the oven at what for how long? So you brush it with a little bit of egg wash or some milk if you haven't got any eggs, just to Mm. make it nice and shiny. Then it goes in 200 degrees for about 12 minutes until it's nice and golden. And they should come out looking lovely. I've done a couple in a, in coronation style as well that look like little crowns. Oh. And for that, all you do is take a pair of scissors and you just snip, snip, snip around the top to make little points. Oh, that's so lovely. Little tiny crowns. Uh, uh, <laughs> a tear to the eye. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And, of course, the classic question. We've got cream and jam. Uh, what's happening? So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Devon rooted girl. My parents live there and my grandparents live there. So I'm cream on the bottom, jam on the top. Put the lid on. Actually, you don't have to put the lid on. You can split it in half and have double yeah. the amount of cream and jam, to be fair. Are you, are you, are you a jam cream? Well, just because it's less messy. It's easier to put cream on jam than jam on cream. Do you cream. think? I feel like if the jam is runny, this is the Waitrose, the Dutchy original jam, because everything's, because it's everything's Dutchy. It's his day! Who uses jam? It's his Who day. else's jam would we eat? <laughs> so I prefer, I think if you're having butter... I'm okay with doing butter jam cream because you're layering like the fat. But if you're doing mm. people who have butter and then clotted cream and then jam, I'm just like, guys, it's too much. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, uh, jam at the bottom. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, here we go. So that's gone, by the way. Delicious. Light oh, as you. a feather. <laughs> 
just gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, all your tips obviously avoided any stodge or any heaviness in that scone. It was really, really lovely. Oh, thank you. And when they're fresh, they're just the best. So yeah. I would say if you're not going to eat them immediately, freeze them straight away and then just defrost them and warm them up when you need them. Because otherwise, okay. even a couple of hours later, they won't be as nice. They are really, really good and gorgeous cream and jam. Uh, right, let's head to the main event. The, the, <laughs> the, the waitress in Somerset is waiting for the rush. Uh, what is it? It's a, a, a peppermint G&T cocktail. It is. Peppermint tea with gin and tonic. But yes, you make a lovely little peppermint syrup. It's got all sorts going on. This is another one of the Will Torrent recipes in the Coronation oh, he's pullout. he's obsessed. He's obsessed. He loves a peppermint G&T. <laughs> he's actually watching the Coronation right now from you, some you, big stands. You, you surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe it? Um, so this is, we're going to start, you want to do this the night before ideally, so I'm sorry to the lady in Somerset that she might need to wait a while. Can I just say, I think she needs to pace herself. So <laughs> Tomorrow's that's a, drink. It's a kindness. It's a kindness. <laughs> Tomorrow's drink. So we're going to take two peppermint tea bags. These are the Dutch organic ones, but you can use different kinds of peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. Put them in 100 millilitres of water and then we're cold brewing it so it gets a really delicate extraction of flavour. You heard her. We're cold we're brewing cold. We've it. We've gone all cool. We're cold, cold brewing. brewing it. Oh, yeah, I'm growing up my beard. I'm moving to shortage. Okay, great. Goes into the fridge overnight or for 12 hours at room temperature. Then we are making a mint syrup. So we're taking two big sprigs of fresh mint, a little bit of sugar and some water and just mix that for five minutes on the hob until the sugar's dissolved. Set that to one side to mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm, so we've got all of our components now. Okay. So we're going to mix together the syrup and the, the tea. Yeah. So that makes one lovely minty tea syrup. Can I just say, I'm already thinking of ways to speed up that tea. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, just use hot water and then bung it in the freezer. Freezer, yeah. <laughs> you know, get, get it cold. No one it? will really mind, especially yeah. if they've had a couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one will know. Yeah. Um, and then I'm taking, I've got a very fancy gin here. It's the Silent Pool Coronation Edition gin, which apparently is supposed to remind you of King Charles. It's got his favourite lavender rose. It's got all sorts going on in there. And a quiche in the in the actual <laughs> bottle. It's really nice. <laughs> a few little crumbs, <laughs> a broad bean. <laughs> Floating on top. No, no broad beans. But we have got cucumber in the drink. Woohoo! So a big peel, take a peel of cucumber, put that into each one. It makes a lovely little ribbon, a little sprig of mint, and then we're putting a tablespoon of that mint syrup, topping it up with a measure of gin, and then tonic all the way up to the top. And it's a lovely, refreshing, summery drink. I know the weather's not really, not really what this calls for, but you know. Yeah, but if you drink enough of these, you won't know. <laughs> so uh, that's fine. Why don't you pass me one? Oh. Careful not to spill it all over the uh, thing. Thank you very there much. You uh, so before we 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 toast our king, uh, let's just remind people that if they're interested in those recipes or indeed any of the recipes that Martha does on the show, you could go to the hub, uh, Waitrose Hub, waitrose.com slash showchef, and you can see all the recipes there. And of course, uh, these recipes are featured in that coronation pullout from last week's weekend newspaper. Or if you walk the streets of London and you see a man covered in Union Jacks, it's probably Will Torrent. Uh, <laughs> If he's covered in Union Jacks and crumbs, it'll be Will Torrent. I think give you the recipes. Uh, are you having a little sip yourself? I'll go on. Go on. Go on. I made enough for the whole team. Yeah. We're going to have a, li- a little coronation yes. party here at the top of the tower. <laughs> Thank you very much, Martha. Mmm. Oh, is that? Oh, that's nice. Refreshing. Uh, we're just going to play records for the rest of the show. And <laughs> there's some gin left in that bottle. Uh, actually, there's quite a lot of gin left in that bottle. I know. We could do a whole other round. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Brew some more tea, yeah, quick, quick. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Martha. Yes. Thank you. Martha. She's here. The trolley's parked up. Uh, wow. 
Wow. Uh, so what are we calling this? This is a royal feasting platter. <laughs> Enough food to feed a fair few people, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, the family's not as big as it was, but there's still plenty of food here for them. <laughs> How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, did you go home and watch bits of the, the coronation? I actually snuck up to Hyde Park and I stood in the rain and watched the very end end part but it was a it was a fun atmosphere oh lovely that's <laughs> nice lots of very soggy people yeah 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 <laughs> and then you clambered on a train and went home yes oh very nice and then i guess had a cup of tea and relaxed yeah <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this is sort of a bank holiday grazing board really it's kind of like no one wants to cook but everyone wants to eat exactly this is a board that, where you go oh no people are coming for lunch or i'm going to my community big lunch and i said i would make something and i have forgotten what can i bring <laughs> it's a lovely assortment of waitrose goodies and a little homemade triple cheese and mustard straw now you say straw <laughs> I mean... They're quite big, I, aren't they? No, I mean, I feel like... You know the thing when if you see a picture of something? It's like shopping online. You know, <laughs> shopping online and it arrives and it's either it's for a doll's house or it's for a giant. If I saw a picture of those cheese straws, I would imagine they were just, you know, the size of a pencil. <laughs> but the fact that it looks like kind of, you know, Harry Potter could uh, kill yeah. someone with one of those. Yes. Yeah, or like one of those rounders batons. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it on to the next person. Is that you just feeling a bit lazy on a Sunday, kind of going, oh, I can't be bothered making these smaller. <laughs> they kind of, you make them with puff pastry and you twist it. And as you twist it, I think I was stretching them. So they're quite thin, but they're very long. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, what else is on our, uh, so in terms of, so we'll get the recipe after we play the song, we'll get to the recipe. But uh, in terms of the selection of things, uh, that's the only, that's the only thing you made. So I made these yep. and I have cobbled this together a, a cob cobbled <laughs> is the wrong word you have orchestrated this oh i like that yeah that's what you've done orchestrated this platter so we have got some lots of goodies from oh, sorry lots of goodies from the waitrose cheese and deli counter so they mm. do these big pork pies with a crown on top can't wait some pork and apple sausage rolls on there oh, and I then we've wait. got i think it's five british cheeses so Whatever. ones that really <laughs> ones that really celebrate the best of britons so we've got some cornish yarg from cornwall we've got some goat's cheese we've got cropwell bishop stilton we've got a somerset brie we've got a welsh snowdonia pickle truckle got all sorts of cheeses going on so tell me that last one again <laughs> it's a pickle flavored cheese so it's a cheese a snowdonia cheddar cheese so it's like built-in pickle with little bits of pickle in it yeah i oh. think so or pickle flavor yeah. that maybe a bit of the vinegar yeah pretty used to do a sausage roll that had the ketchup inside oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like that uh, listen i uh well i i'm going to graze uh <laughs> i will be grazing certainly the pork pie and some sausage roll, and I might pick a bit of cheese. Oh, yes. A bit of cheese. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so, uh, first of all, I need to ask you, uh, those biscuits, the cheese biscuits... Oh, yes. They're gorgeous. Did you make those? I didn't make those. Uh, Waitrose made those. These are the Dutchy Organic Oaten Biscuits. They come in this lovely little tin as well. Because I don't think I've ever seen them in Waitrose. I must look for them. Uh, maybe they're new. I don't know. Coronation special. They're gorgeous, and they do look... They look homemade -y. Yeah, they it sounds like... boring, oaten biscuit, but they do taste really good. They're seedy ones as well. No, and they look seedy. Uh, <laughs> they do, they look fabulous. It, it doesn't look like you just chucked a packet of biscuits on a plate. You know, often a cheese board. Yes. That's the least interesting bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're really nice. Okay, uh, let's get to these uh, cheese straw slash baton 
The triple cheese and mustard straws. Yeah. One final note on the cheese board is I feel like the best way to make it look full. So you know when you get everything out of the fridge and you put it on the plate, the best way to make it look like a spread is firstly chop your cut your cheese into slices and then kind of flare them out across the board so it fills Ooh. more room. A cheese fan. Makes you look more generous than you've yeah, actually yeah. been. And then get lots of things like grapes or figs and things that fill all the gaps and it just makes it look very abundant mm. and joyous. But onto the triple cheese and mustard straws. So these are quite simple to make, puff pastry, and then we've got three cheeses going on in there. We have got some Dutch organic farmhouse mature cheddar we've got some parmigiano reggiano and oh, yeah. some gruyere as well so a lovely mixture of salty cheeses really mature cheeses and sweetness from the gruyere we are grating that all nice and fine mm -hmm. then we're taking two rolls of puff pastry unroll the first one cover it in its whole grain mustard with a touch of honey oh yeah so that goes all over the top that's the name of the product not just an arbitrary amount of honey <laughs> just a touch <laughs> yeah that's yeah branded <laughs> just whack yeah. that on yeah so you spread that over the top of the pastry sprinkle over the cheese and then you put the second layer of pastry over the top press it down with your fingers to make sure it's sealed then cut it into 16 strips brush the top with egg and then you take each strip and you twist it kind of together yeah to make this lovely little spiral pop it onto a baking tray then you can chill them until you need them and then when you're ready to bake they go in for 12 to 15 minutes till they're nice and puffy and the cheese is melty and then they're ready to serve. I mean, that would be so impressive, wouldn't it? To, so good. At the end of a meal to come out with warm <laughs> homemade cheese straws. Exactly. These are the kind of thing I do a lot at Christmas, like a Christmas canapé, because they're so simple just to make and they're very sizable, so you don't need to make as many as you yeah. think. <laughs> and also people will be blown away. They'll be like, oh my God, you made your own cheese straws. Exactly. That is so flex. impressive. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, because regular cheese straws, you can just keep in a cupboard forever. What happens to these? Can you put them in an airtight tin and keep them for a long time or would you freeze them? I would freeze them. I'd say they're probably better the day you've made them. I think puff pastry tastes a little bit kind of, I don't know, gets a bit tough the next day. Oh, it day. does, it does. So you want. I would freeze them raw and then bake from frozen so oh. that they are lovely and fresh and flaky. And again, what a domestic goddess to have frozen, <laughs> frozen homemade cheese really straws in, in the, the freezer. Books. Yeah. If somebody broke into your house, they'd be so impressed to find find those inside. <laughs> uh, these are all. Uh, I mean, that's a. Uh, is that another Will Torrent recipe? It is. He, he did so many, and we've made most of them now, but what, not all of them. What's he going to do now the coronation's <laughs> over? I feel bad for him. He's going to get back to recipe developing, probably for Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll we'll revisit then. <laughs> He'll just be standing on the mall alone <laughs> oh. with with a damp cheese straw. <laughs> you loved me then. What about now? Uh, those that, all those recipes, everything, uh, can be found on the Waitress Hub of the Waitress website. Uh, but also, all of these things that we've been talking about the last few weeks are all in the Coronation pullout uh, for the weekend newspaper. I think it was actually in last week's newspaper. Yes, I believe there's another one out now. It'd probably be knocking around. But you can it? get yeah. the whole magazine online as well. If you don't just want the recipe, if you want the whole thing on the website. You've never website. told me that before. <laughs> it's you, taken me two years. You've never told me that before. So, because I often think, oh, but I didn't get that. So the newspaper's online. Yeah, you just go on the Waitrose website. You can read the magazine online and you can read the newspaper online. What is going on, man? <laughs> This is crazy. Crazy talk. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Martha. Thanks for all our carnation goodies. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Well, this time next week, the Eurovision Song Contest will be over. All that will remain will be some sore heads and some bunting floating in Albert Dock. Uh, how will this lady be feeling? It is my first guest today. Uh, this year's hopeful, Mae Muller. Hello, Mae. 
Oh my gosh, hello. This is my dream, Graham. This is my dream. No, because normally you'd have been on the TV show, but the TV we ended the TV show early this year, so uh, the, we didn't have you. So how are you? How are you feeling? I'm so good. I can't believe it's come around so quickly, but I'm very excited, and I feel like now we've like done the rehearsals, I'm feeling even more prepared. But it's it's madness, isn't it? it nothing. I was thinking about this because because you know you you can have big things in your life, like you supported Little Mix and all those you know big opportunities. But it's so weird that you were just you just rehearsed this one song over and over again. I. Honestly, I love the song. I love the song. I think it's great. But I'm like, it's. Li- I probably listened to it, no joke, 450 times over the past two months. And it's like, I do love it, but I'm looking forward to listening to something else. No, I'm joking. Um, but, it's, <laughs> but no, it's, it, but do you know what? It just always, for me, like the key to like enjoying this whole process is being prepared, like pre- preparation, preparation, preparation. So if I have to listen to it another 400 times before next week, then, you know, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> well, it is that thing, because you, you don't want to let anyone down, because it's not just about you, it's about the whole country. Um, yeah, I get, yeah, I think um, I've I've definitely had that, like, in my brain, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, it's such an alien thing, especially, I guess, for an artist to be like, you're representing your country, because it's, not, not, it's nothing you expect <laughs> but um I, I feel like I've been trying to do it in my own way and I've I've actually, I've actually had I've had so much fun doing it and I think I do have like I do allow the pressures to get to me sometimes but then I'm like do you know what just have fun with it and then everything will be fine <laughs> that's my ethos and you've been doing all the kind of pre-Eurovision parties across Europe and it I mean I've seen the stuff you posted online those crowds love this song Oh my gosh, that is, those pre-parties really, really helped me a lot. You know, it was definitely like a journey, but just hearing how the song was, you know, resonating with with the people and with the audiences, like hearing them sing it back, I was just like, okay, like we're in a good space, like people are enjoying it, people are having like a good time. And I guess that's, that's, that's the main thing. And it's hard to gauge like how, how well people, you know, if, if people are enjoying it, if people do like it, but then when you're in front of that crowd, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Good and tell me this, May, did you write this song for Eurovision or did it? Did you have it in your back pocket? No, it was the weirdest thing. Um, so I, I wrote it literally a few days before Eurovision was kind of, a, a, you know, was on was even on the table. So it was sort of like fate because when they, like literally three days later, they were like, you know, we had the Eurovision conversation and I was like, guys, this is the weirdest thing because I feel like I've literally just written a Eurovision song. Like, this is so weird. <laughs> so it kind of all happened really, really naturally and organically, which I think really kind of helped to make the decision a lot easier. And in terms of saying yes, you're saying yes to the dress, uh, did did what happened with Sam last year help you make that decision? You know what I mean? If they'd come, you know, because prior to Sam, it, you know, it, 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 we had some dark days. So uh, <laughs> was seeing the opportunity it gave Sam, uh, did that help you? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely made it an easier decision because I think it's always you know, seeing so much positivity around it, of course, made me go, you know, I was like, it was it was easier to say yes. And I think Sam doing such an amazing job last year really just changed the way people 
would looked at Eurovision, especially in the UK. So I think I do, I genuinely do think I would have said yes anyway because it's such a one in a million experience yeah. for any artist. But yeah, Sam doing well definitely made it easier. And meeting you, of course. I was like, well, I get to meet Greg Norton. <laughs> and they said probably, and I went, I'm in, hon. I'm in. <laughs> hey, mate, 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 I hear great things about the staging. I know you've done some rehearsals already. So uh, what I, I hear visually, it, it apparently it's a real feast. So have they thrown lots of choreography at you? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the staging is incredible. Like the team has just done an insane job. And I think... You know, doing the first rehearsal, like we've changed a few things, but just to make the performance, I think even even better. Um, but it's it's going to be great, and I think for me, obviously, because dancing and singing live is like very it is quite new to me. But I think the the main thing for me is like bringing my personality to it, making sure I'm not going out there and just like singing the song and hitting the steps. Like I want people in those three minutes to kind of get who I am as a person. So that. That is kind of my goal. And obviously, the sound that's also important. Yeah. And the way the way that it's done, there's a kind of a draw and they decide where you're going to be. So we know that you are going to be performing 26th out of 26 songs. So what's your game plan for sitting through 25 songs oh before you perform? Okay. Do you know what my game plan is? I'm literally... Uh, so I think in like like an hour, 45 minutes an hour before I'm going to like start my warm-ups get into the zone but anything before that I'm literally going to be a freak and sit in a corner and watch like some reality tv or like something, <laughs> something like something like mind-numbing because I cannot sit there for like you know however long I'll be sitting there and oh no Graham it can't happen so I'm gonna have to just put some headphones on and watch some rubbish telly I might look a bit antisocial but I think it's going to have to happen. <laughs> but also, do you know what's going to be amazing is that you're going to be the first UK Eurovision performer to perform in front of a UK crowd for, what is it, 25 years? Yeah, I know. It's it's insane. And to answer, I, I think every time I get nervous, like, oh, it's in my hometown and I'm, I'm closing the show. And then I say it back and I'm like, all those things are actually really amazing things. So um, I'm just going to take it all in my stride and just remember this is actually really you know this is this is going to be a lot of a lot of fun it's an honor honestly yeah it really is and also you know whatever happens it, it this is an amazing kind of shop window and i know you've got gigs coming up later in the year you're doing six headline shows uh, around the country later in the year you're doing lots of uh, performances various festivals and events during the summer you can find all that information at may muller m a e muller.com all one word may muller.com you can find all that information there uh, may i can't wait to meet you in the flesh when i get up to liverpool on tuesday and uh, are you staying in that darling. are you staying in that hotel are you staying in the hotel that's attached to the arena no but i did see that and i was like that would have been so great <laughs> i know it's already my favorite eurovision because there's a t there's literally a little sky bridge from the hotel to the arena i'm like yep <laughs> yeah that is honestly perfect no we're staying close by right okay. we're in close proximity don't, don't don't tell people where you're staying though otherwise the, the fans will mass outside oh. you'll never you'll be on a balcony like a vita uh, <laughs> May Muller, I can't wish you enough good things. A good, 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 good luck. Uh, I can't wait for you to experience next Saturday night. They will go mad for you. So just enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Take care.
And uh, is there anything you want to tell us about the song? We're going to play uh, I Wrote a Song now. Uh, what should people know about it before we before we hear it? You know, it's just an empowering bop to make you, you know... I love it. Feels great. <laughs> an empowering bop. Uh, well, we wish it all the douze point that there are. Uh, May Muller, take care. Enjoy your rehearsals, and I'll see you up there. Bye now. Bye. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. It's time to talk to last year's Eurovision hero, Sam Ryder. Hi, Sam. How's it going, Graham? You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm really, really good. Thank you very much. Uh, So presumably you've been back in Liverpool. You've been into the arena. Um, I have once. And um, so I, I went up to Liverpool to quickly do a rehearsal. Um, not a quick round trip, got to tell you. Um, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I did it on Friday. <laughs> it's bonkers, isn't it? So I went there and then went on top of the live building, played a guitar solo. And then I, I don't know if I meant to tell you that, actually, but it's meant to be a secret. There you are. Um, <laughs> and then I was thinking, I, no one's told me that, Sam. I, did, I didn't know that. So that really is a secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but moving swiftly on. Yeah, 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 please do. <laughs> Brian May is furious. <laughs> so you did that, but going into the arena, because it struck me when I got to Liverpool and I was in, you know, you're in Liverpool and then you walk into that arena and you're not. You're at Eurovision. Yeah, uh, totally. So was it like, obviously for you, it wasn't post-traumatic stress, but it was like, was it post-euphoria stress disorder when you got back into the stadium? Yeah, that, that, that classic post-euphoria stress kicked right in. And you know what, though? It was, it was really gorgeous. Um, sort of walking in that building and seeing everyone uh, from the UK delegation that um, was along for the journey and the ride last year, now getting to experience running the show, essentially. And that's really cool. Like, seeing them express themselves in like, whether it's the staging and the lights and getting everything ready for these amazing performers that are coming down. Um, it was great. I mean, I'm just, you kind of, you feel so much joy for these people that are about to embark on that uh, craziness. And also I was really struck by, you know, last year you were so positive and you were so lovely. And yet, even if you weren't acknowledging it, you had to be carrying quite a bit of stress with you. So this year, you must feel so light walking into that arena. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, we're performing, obviously. That's not a secret. That's out, isn't it? I can yeah, say yeah, we, that. yeah, that we know, yeah. Just worried about every single thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bombshell. Um, but yeah, so there's a certain amount of... Um, responsibility, let's put it that way, of like, I want to make sure that I'm focused and ready to, um, like, you know, it's it's a privilege to be allowed to perform on that stage on that night. So um, like like last year, it's the same kind of energy in that regard. But there's no worry about looking at that scoreboard or anything like that. But um, yeah, so there is a a certain, there's definitely a difference. And presumably, I would talk to May Muller earlier, and she seems like her head's in a good place. She seems like she's okay. I mean, not. I guess you're the only one who can really talk her through what's going to happen over these next few days. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm travelling up to Liverpool tomorrow, um, and hopefully, I'm going to get to chat to May and some of the other um, performers. Like, I just want to see what's going on and get in the the midst of it, you know, in the thick of it. And um, but. You know what? All of their schedules are going to be so 
hectic right now. Any bit of downtime they can get just to like um, get some rest is going to be crucial. And um, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just chuffed. The thought of doing those like the, the sound checks and the early rehearsals and getting everything ready. And also like in a nice way now, looking back, it's not nice when it's happening, but all of the problems of Graham, there's so many, like <laughs> do your first run through and there's cameras that just aren't pointing in the right direction or the sounds totally off. And like, when, when you fix those, it's obviously glorious, but it's just part of the experience that um, sort of those concerns and those big thunderclouds that seem like they're all encompassing, but by the time the night comes, God willing, touch wood, they're all in the distance and you can just enjoy, um, you know, the the experience. And was, who was helping you? Because, you know, you did such a good job of, of kind of maintaining, you know, <laughs> maintaining your positivity, not letting it kind of wreck your head. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Were people talking you through it or was that just you being really good at that sort of stuff? Well, do you remember the first time we ever met? I do. I do. I walked in the room and I was laying down on the floor without a shirt on and a wet towel over my face. So it wasn't always like it was the most boiling hot day. We just had the run through that I just explained that went was terrible. Like nothing was working, nothing was in the right place. And uh, I came off stage and I'm like, I was just roasting hot. There was no like air movement whatsoever backstage in Turin. And then you knocked on the door, came in. I was like, that's a great first impression. But it was it was lovely, like nice to be picked up and to meet you for the first time and just have a bit of a giggle about it all because you can start taking it, um, like taking it seriously and respecting it, I think are two different things. But when you start overthinking and taking it seriously, that's when it starts, the fun seeps out of it. And I had my partner with me, my friends, and and the whole delegation was just a positive force. Um, and and for you you know obviously that song will always hold a special place in your heart but it must be quite nice to be moving on and releasing new singles and things oh totally and like with such an utmost respect like i think as an artist you, you mentioned it like release music you don't just it's not putting music out you you write something in the studio with friends and then you completely release it to to the whims and the sort of the the things that are beyond your control. And that's what happened to Spaceman. It took on a total life of its own, thanks to uh, your wonderful listeners and um, other people like all over the place. So I'm just so grateful for that. And every time I'll sing it, um, it'll probably do a lot of people's head in after a while, but I'm just <laughs> gonna enjoy it like, and, and know that it changed so much for me. You yeah. Know? Uh, well, now, as luck would have it, the day before the grand final when you perform, uh, you are releasing a new single. <laughs> I am. As you know, what is completely by chance. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you must. You must be so shocked when you realise the dates are coinciding. <laughs> There's a book and an advent calendar. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this the single that comes out next Friday is that yes. what you're performing on the grand final? Yes, it is. So um, it's a song called Mountain. I wrote the song on my couch in my living room and. Um, it's, I, I played it recently on the tour that we've just been doing around the UK and Europe and um, getting to chat to a lot of those uh, people that were coming to those shows uh, in the queue beforehand and, and all sorts of other things. Uh, it made me realise how many people were coming to those shows who had overcame such um, obstacles in their lives. And this song is reflective of that. It's um, 
we often say that things in our lives and in our path, Graham, and I'm sure you can relate like a mountains, you know, like with, with yeah. something we've got to overcome and, and hop over and, and conquer for life to get great again. But this song is flipping that narrative and saying that you are the mountain and down in the valley below is all that you've overcome. And I hear I hear people who've seen the, the performance you're doing in the interval said it's really special. It's, it's really great. So I can't wait um, to see it. Thank you so much. We've got so many little tricks up our sleeves and I'm going to shut up now because I know I'm going to spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. And uh, I know you're doing uh, lots of gigs over the, the summer, right? Yeah, we're doing festivals all over the place, UK and Europe. I think there's around 30 of them. So um, we'll catch hopefully some of you guys at, at some place in the near future and we'll be singing our heads off together in no time. And for Virgin listeners, you're coming in here to the top of the tower, the breakfast show, uh, Chris Evans' breakfast show with Cinch. Is that the, the 19th, I think you're here? Yes, I believe so. Is that news to you, Sam? <laughs> I'm doing what? <laughs> <laughs> it'll be marvellous it'll be marvellous uh, oh Sam I'm so happy for you you've you've really done uh, you know uh, whatever's happened to you personally and I'm so thrilled for that but what you've done for Eurovision is just extraordinary you really have uh, changed the country's mood towards the whole competition and that was really kind of a one man thing to do the real kind of strength of, of mind and character so thank you very much Sam and I can't wait to see you up in Liverpool all right. So very, very kind of you and um, big up to the whole team that was involved as well. So thanks, Graham. And I'll see you soon, mate. Loads of love. I'll see you there. We know nothing about the library building or playing guitar. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Sam Ryder. There he is. Uh, oh, such a nice man. We wish him all the best. And I can't wait to see what he does with that song on stage at the Grand Final next Saturday night from 8pm on BBC One. <laughs> Mrs. Yes, we are celebrating the King's coronation on the show the only way we know how. With the return of the Waitrose Wheel. Mmm, right roll wheel. Uh, loads of Waitrose goodies uh, you could win on that wheel, including Leckford Estate Brut. That's, you know, English champagne. There's actually champagne, Blanc de Noir. There's a trio of Dutch organic ales, Waitrose cream tea, uh, the jewel, the Jack Russell cake, the 250-pound Waitrose voucher, Graham Norton Waitrose Coronation Edition gift box full of Dutch original goodies, uh, and loads more besides. Uh, you will win something. Okay, uh, first caller is Chris. Hello, Chris. Morning, morning, Graham. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very good indeed. Where are you? For the celebration. I'm oh, in Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Are you going to a big lunch? Uh, we'll have a big lunch later this evening. We've uh, <laughs> like a dinner. A, we went a bit went a bit heavy yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> you know what it's like. Oh, I do. I do indeed. All right. Is the is the bunting up in your part of the world? It is indeed. Marvellous. blue everywhere. Oh, lovely. Well, listen, uh, Chris, tell me, that you're going to have to identify this uh, knight of the realm before we can spin the wheel. Uh, tell me, who do, you, who do you think this is? Don't you just know exactly what you're thinking? Yes. You're on my body and you think I'm sexy. Come on, sugar, let me know. And? No, it's a Rod Stewart. You believe it's Sir Rod Stewart? Are you right? I hope so. I'm guessing you are too. Uh, yes, you are. There, there, yes, there, yeah, there is a ping. There is a ping. We got you a ping in the end. Uh, you are right. Right. We get to spin the wheel. Okay. Uh, here we go, Chris. I'm just going over to the wheel now. This is live go action. Going to the wheel now. I'm going to give it a good spin. Here we go. And... Whoa! 
Okay, that is... Oh, I'm rather pleased with that spin. Sometimes I'm a little weak in the wrist, but that that's impressive. And you have won... The special, the special Coronation Silent Pool Gin. Yes. Awesome. It's a beautiful bottle. Honestly, you, you're thinking now, bottle of gin. It is gorgeous. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, also, by the time it arrives, you'll be in the mood. Probably right now you're thinking, <laughs> I couldn't face a gin. But, but by the time it arrives, you will. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're on the radio? Uh, just the whole family, you know, and most of Gloucestershire, probably. OK. <laughs> All right, Chris. And, and with a thank you to Waitrose, obviously. Obviously, for your silent pool, Jill. Thank you so much for calling in and playing Rock Royalty. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend, Chris. Take care of yourself. And, uh, Andrew Graham, thank you. Bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And have you clicked that follow button on all of our socials? That's it for now. Speak to you soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.